You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I have a word from the Lord this morning that the Lord gave me two weeks ago, and I, I, um, or a week and a half ago, I guess it was, and and I want to share that with you this morning. I, 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 I was hesitant to share it because it was so out there for me, uh, out on the limb sort of thing, and and uh, and so anyway, I was praying this week, and I said, "Okay, God, you got to show me if you want this," and He said. It's my word. It's not yours. So you don't have to stand behind it. Because I will. Amen. If I have to. If I speak a word and I have to stand behind it. It's not his word. It's mine. But this is from him. Amen. So he said. My children. I the Lord. That spoke the world into existence. Do speak unto you this day. Hold tightly to my word. I have spoken to you. The power of the Holy Spirit is taking over your church. It will fall in your city. It will flow throughout your region. As it begins to overtake your church, you will feel the wind in your midst. You will hear the rush of my power as it begins to move through your, through your presence. There will be an overwhelming glory filling the house. You will feel the heat of my fire as it rises up among you. And, and it will, there will be an overwhelming glory fill your sanctuary. And you will see the effects as it moves from the back and goes to the front. Leaving no area untouched. You will see weeping, praise, and a heart of worship. An overwhelming joy will begin to erupt as I lift off the spirit of heaviness off of my people. Healing and miracles will begin to take place as my power begins to demonstrate. And there will be none standing in my presence. And before my glory, you must prepare for what I'm about to bring into your midst. Begin to enlarge your borders and broaden your boundaries. Because I am not, I am releasing only, not only what you've heard about, but never experienced. You so prepare and do not doubt anything and expand your thinking because you are entering a new season. Prepare, prepare. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah, you're not just entering another season, you're entering a new season. A place where we have never been. Hey church, this is off the mount. Amen? Off the mount. There's no pattern for it. You can't go to no book to read because ain't no book been written about this. Oh, (laughs) hallelujah. Mm. Lord of God, wow. I feel his presence all over this place. Come on, let's just let him have his way this morning. Amen? We're in his presence. We're in his power. I brought to you a word, and I have been trying to get to this word for the last several weeks. (laughs) But we've been talking about the hidden warrior. We've been talking about the hidden warrior's harvest. Let's go to Judges chapter 6. In verse number one, Brother Matt. And the children of the Lord 
Our children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. That sound like anybody? And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Median seven years. Number two. And the hand of Median prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. The children of God went underground. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou comest unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle, their tents. They came up as grasshoppers for the multitude. For they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. But the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Remember, the hidden warrior has a cry. The hidden warrior has a harvest. The hidden warrior has a cry. Now let's go to the eighth verse. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, verse 8, and the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. Come on, y'all get that? I brought you up. Why y'all in the caves? Why y'all hiding? Why are you underground? I brought you up from Egypt. And I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I, I, I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptian. Come on, this is good. And out of the hand of all that oppressed you. And I drave them out from before you and gave you their land. Come on, we need a prophet, don't we? Come on, stop stoning them. You need them. Stop throwing rocks at them because you think they missed it. And I said unto you, I am the Lord, your God. Fear not the God of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Mm. And there came an angel of the Lord, sat under the oak, which was in Ophrah, and pertained, not Oprah, Ophrah, that, er, that pertained, I thought maybe I might get confused, that pertained unto Joash, the Abyssirite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. So we've talked about the hidden warrior has a harvest, the hidden warrior has a cry. 
Now, I want to talk about the hidden warrior has a prophetic encounter. Mm. How many knows that the church needs a prophetic encounter? The prophet says, God hasn't forgot what he's done for you. I want to remind somebody this morning, God hasn't forgot how he saved you. God hasn't forgot how he healed you. God hasn't forgot what he's done for you in the past. He hasn't forgot how he called you out. How he released the curse and broke the curse off of you. God hasn't forgot what he's done for the church. Where he's called them out of. What he's performed for them. What he's done for He hasn't forgot. And he wants to remind us this morning. Is I have not changed my mind. I'm not going to let the devil whip you. I'm not going to let him overtake you. I'm not going to let him thrive off of your harvest. Hey, it's time for you to wake up and realize I'm the same God that led you out of history, Egypt. That put you above your enemies. That put you on top. I'm the same God. So he tells you how he delivered you from your oppressors. And he gave and he taught you how. What promises he has given you. Come on, this is what the prophetic encounter does. And if the church would get back to where they can hear what God is saying, I think we'd be hearing, I hadn't forgot. I still hadn't changed my mind. I still know what I got for you. I mean, remember Isaiah. I think it's chapter 11 maybe or 22. I don't remember. I start seeing addresses and I get confused because numbers is not my thing. But he said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I know what I'm thinking. Thoughts. That are good and not evil. To bring you to a projected or expected end. I know I've declared your end already from the beginning. I know what I've said about you. This is what he said about Israel the whole time. The whole time Gideon was down there hiding. And the whole time they were building caves. And they were making making uh, 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 fortresses in the ground. God was saying, I don't know what they're doing. Because I brought them up. But you know what happened? Is they forgot the law of God. They forgot Deuteronomy 20 and 21 and 1 that says, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. They forgot, Thou shalt not make any graven images of anything, of any likeness, of anything in the heaven above, the earth beneath. Come on. The water under the earth. It don't matter what you're worshiping. You don't need to be worshiping it. Amen? Because it's an image. And anytime you have to make an image to have something to worship, you're, you're in trouble. And we got people doing that. But God says, I don't need anybody to help me out. I'm God. I haven't changed. I haven't changed my mind. So Gideon, 
y'all get it together down here because I'm about to raise up somebody. You've been, you've been guarding the harvest. You've been guarding something with your life. I've watched you and you've brought it down to the pit. You, you're, you're keeping down in a low profile here. You're keeping down so you don't disturb anybody. So you don't create attention. But that's kind of what I like because, oh, I'm about to do something that's going to bring you out from where you are and put you in another level and another dimension that God's going to get the glory, not Gideon. God's going to get authority and not your army. That's why you had to send the scared people home first. Oh, I'm going there. The same God that did it then, Gideon, is the same God that is alive today and will do it for you now. Come on, he's saying, Christian worship center, the same God I was back then when I carried Israel over the Red Sea. It's the same God that's alive today. God never changes. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same God, same God. I believe that God has you. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Whatever God has promised you will come to pass. We need the prophetic encounter of God's power to tell us not what we're doing wrong, but to tell us what he's already done and what he expects. You know what he ended it with? You not obeyed me, but that, and that's cool. I, I got you, but I want you to understand that I haven't changed. If anybody's changed, it's got to be you because I'm still God. I still got power. I still got authority. I still brought you up. I brought you out. I brought you forth. I led you. I put your enemies out where you can see them. Ain't nobody backstabbing you. So get your eyes on what's in front of you, not what's behind you. Come on, we so caught up in the backstabbing business that we forgot the enemy is in front of us. God put him there. Keep trying to watch our back. And God's saying, don't worry about your back. I got you covered. What did he say? I'll be your rear guard. What he said? What you up here worried about? He's got you covered. All he wants you to do is go forward. This is what he's telling. This is the prophetic encounter that the church needs. Go forward. Stop trying to back up. Stop stop trying to crawfish. Amen? He said, whatever you do, whatever you do, worship me. That's all I want. I just want you to worship me. I just want you to glorify me for who I am. That's what he's saying. I just want you to get the prophetic encounter that I'm still who I said I was. I'm still the same God. If you'll worship me, I will lead you out. You won't have to be hiding in a pit. You won't have to be covered in this and covered in that. You get to where you're worshiping me because how many understands the fact when you worship, what you worship becomes God to you. David said it this way, oh, magnify the Lord with me. 
What does that mean? Make him bigger. Come on, magnify. When you start praising it, you magnify it. Come on, that's the reason you shouldn't praise your sickness. Because every time you talk about that stuff, you make it bigger. And your God becomes smaller. This is exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They made their problem bigger than their God. And come on, anytime you talk about something that's bigger than your God, you have magnified that and you have minimized your God. And let me tell you, we're in a maximized and minimized generation here that knows what I'm talking about. You deal with computer screens all the time. You maximize what you want to see and you minimize what you don't. And a lot of people are minimizing God because they really don't want to see him because they don't think he can help them. So they're minimizing that and maximizing their cancer, maximizing the abortion, Maximizing. Mm, maximizing the agendas and minimizing our God. So here's where we got to go. God's command is to forsake any other God. Come on, forsake. What do you do when you forsake a thing? You turn away from it. You leave it. How I many's done some forsaken in the last few weeks? Yeah. If you're still here, you've done some forsaken. Whoo! Mm, hallelujah. Forsake any other God and serve Him only. Sometimes the reason that some of the mess we go through is because our worship has been compromised. Amen? A lot of people worship worship. Come on. I can't sing without fly away because I can't worship with that. Who are you worshiping? Come on, I understand. But who are you worshiping? Is your God changed? Come on. I know I'm not going to live in the sun glad morning because I'm living in the sun glad morning now. Amen. Or I should be. If I'm not, and I probably need to check up. I mean, we're living in a time when people are going to heaven daily. How many members when you were here with Brother Tracy, Brother Tracy, I don't remember if it was this year or last year. I remember which year it was that he was here. But he said this, that he attended the rabbi school. And the rabbi asked them all, said, have you been to heaven today? If you can't answer that question, then you don't deserve to be here. Oh, my word. Half of us would have got up and walked out. That is such a rude person. But you know what? We're in the spirit. Come on, we should live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, so we should be able to go to heavenly places in the Spirit. Amen? I've been hearing about the encounters where they just are, are up at the shelf at Walmart and reach up to grab something, and all of a sudden they're in heaven. I love that. I was like, me too, me too. I want to go there. I want to see what God's got for us. I want to see what kind of party heaven's having while we're down here worried about our frustrated, about our mess that we're in. And they're up there not worried a bit because they know what's going to happen next. They're not upset about what's about to happen. They have prepared earth. 
They are not worried because why? They know who's in control. Why am I so worried? Because sometimes I don't see who's in control. Because I haven't worshipped him enough. Not because he's failed me. Oh, I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm glad y'all could join me. Sometimes the only reason that we're in the mess we're in, because our worship has been compromised. You tell, Pastor, tell me how. Well, we worship ideologies. Come on. We worship systems. Come on, here's what we say. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? How many times have you heard that? Well, it's broken. Because it ain't getting us in the place where we're supposed to be anymore. So we better change. We better decide we need a new system. Stop worshiping the old and get with what God's got because you won't find a book on it because there's not one written because nobody's ever been where we're about to go. Oh, somebody ought to shout in this house. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. We worship methods. We worship people. We even worship worship. But our only worship should be to our God and our King. We worship status. We worship things. Come on, YouTube has caused us to be worshipers of everything. But let me tell you what God wants is not another YouTube worshiper. He wants a true worshiper that worships Him in spirit and in truth. It ain't about you. It's not about me. It's all about Him. So Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord. Verse 13. If the Lord be with us, then why is all this happening? How many said that? Why is coronavirus not going away? If our God's so big. Come on. Where's all the miracles that you promised us is going to have? Remember, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. Whatever God's promised you will come to pass. He said, whatever you do, worship me. Worship me. We worship parties, but how many Christ worshipers do we have in the house? I'm worshiping him. I don't care what others do. I don't care what others say. I'm not worried about where they're going. I don't know. I don't worry about where they're following. But what I want to know is anyone in here who honors the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that honors all of Him, that honors His fullness, that honors His holiness, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. We need a church that knows how to worship Him. We have people that know how to whine. But they don't know how to worship. Come on, we can whine about everything. But all you need is some cheese with your wine. We have a promise. Here he said, Romans 12, in verse 11. This is in the NIV, I think. So you King James people don't fall out with me. 
I'm just reading the version, okay? I beseech you, therefore, that's what King James says, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice before God. King James says, which is your reasonable service. But in NIV, I like better because it says, which is your spiritual worship. Oh, somebody ought to get some spiritual worship. Sacrifice your own will. Sacrifice what you think. Sacrifice what you want to spill and you want to say and you want to do. Oh, I got to have my say in this. I got to speak my mind and then I'm going to repent. Well, why don't you repent first and then worship? Amen? Why don't we repent first and worship? Next. Because we are forsaking our own worship and going back to worshiping our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. How do you know you're worshiping other things more than God? Well, let me ask you this. How many times, how many, how much are you cruising Facebook? How much time are we looking at Instagram? Are you too? Come on, let's bow before our king. Let's worship before him. Because he's the one that can do something about all that stuff you're seeing on Facebook. All that stuff you're watching on YouTube. I'm talking to me. How much time are you spending worshiping your God? Our world is so wrapped up in their likes and their followers. And they are more obsessed with who's following them than the one they should be following. So let me tell you, we can worship. We can come out up out of the pit. But we've got to know who we're coming out to worship. And the reason that Gideon comes up out of the pit is because he all of a sudden, through a prophet and through an angel, finds out who's the best thing to worship. Come on, this is why he was asking all the questions, because they had left their worship. They had forgot who they supposed to be worshiping. They thought they supposed to be worshiping this or that. They thought every God that took them over, they supposed to, well, let's, let's give them a bit. This is what's wrong with America. The American church is because everything that's taken us over, we think we need to give them a minute of our time. It's called equality. Mm, I'm about to go somewhere. But God is about to bring us into a movement of worship that is all about Him. It won't be about Elevation Church as good as they are. It won't be about the shake, the Planet Shakers or Hillsong or even CWC. It's going to be about people coming together to worship one God, one true Savior. Oh, Stephen, uh, uh, that, that uh, the, Mr. Hoost right now, I can't, uh, I can't pronounce his name. But anyway, oh, Sean, is his, for, is, that's the only part I can pr- pronounce. I can't pronounce the rest of it. What? No, not Sean Bolts. The guy's doing the worship. Yeah, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> but we're going to watch a clip of his for about five minutes. 
This is actually a put together from an eight night crusade that's happening on Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Florida. Right now, the Holy Ghost is falling. You're going to see it. You're going to feel it. What's happening in there because somebody, some guy, long-haired, rascal-looking, and our, I'm telling you, he's pretty out there. But God is using that guy to bring a change. And one of the things that's in this little clip that I saw is this young guy was standing up with his hand raised and a baby in his arm. And he said, I used to get high on this beach. And tonight I'm dedicating my baby on this beach. Come on, church. That ought to make a mummy shout. Because you understand. It's, oh, oh, oh. We got worship going all over America. They're reviving worship. Dutch Sheets, uh, Jonathan Can. All, a lot of them are having worship teams everywhere. It's happening in every state of the union. They have got worship and worship uh, places that are going. But guess what? Our decrees and prayers uh, that have been bringing America back to the throne room uh, and back to God. And we're watching light come on all over our nation. Uh, yes, the enemy is down. He's he's won to destroy it but God made George Washington a promise at his death the desk and said the sons of light will arise and defeat the worst peril that America has ever faced come on somebody if that ain't a word from God I don't know what is we should be praising him worshiping him There was a peril that was coming. But the sons and daughters of God would rise up and dispel the darkness. Oh, shining out of light. Sons of God are rising. Shining out the light of God. And darkness is being pushed back. You know why the enemy's so mad right now? Because he's scared. You know why he's acting up doing all kind of crazy stuff? It's because he's worried. Heaven's got him shook up. Heaven's having a party. And the sister says they're eating cake. So I think we should too. Come on. Oh, we should moan and groan. Because this is getting bad. It's getting worldwide. It's getting crazy. Yeah, it is. Because the devil's scared. He's about to lose. Because God has a plan. So you can wrap your rapture blanket up for a minute. Oh, I just said that, didn't I? Killed one of the biggest calves in the church. I'm not against the rapture, y'all. Don't get me wrong. I believe in it. And I believe it's going to happen, but I don't believe it's going to happen now. Because we got a promise From God's word that says I am coming to make a church more powerful than the one I left behind. In my name, he said, you shall cast out devils. In my name, you shall speak with new tongues. In my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Everybody's worried about the devil. Well, what am I going to do if I cast out one that goes into somebody else? I don't believe that's an option. 
You know why I don't believe that? It's because Jesus never stopped, stopped the crowd and says, y'all get the kids. We're about to cast out a devil. Y'all hide them. Come on, the devil. Here's what the devil said to Jesus. Oh, I'm about to ruin some more sacred cows. Here's what Jesus said. Here's what the devil said to Jesus when he went to the man at the tombs. Here's what he said. He said, don't make me go to the abyss. Letting him know that when Jesus got rid of them, they didn't have a choice. They went to the abyss. Come on, that devil big. Don't send me where you've been sending the rest of them. How'd they know? Well, I want to ask you another question. How did them 50 that come up on the mountain to see Elijah know that the rest of them had been destroyed by fire? And that last 50 that came up there said, Oh, please don't send us where you sent the last bunch. Don't call down fire on us like you. How'd they know? Come on, word gets about. Oh, I got to quit. So you understand. So understand what I'm saying. The devil knew he didn't have a choice unless he asked. So Jesus gave him leave to go into the pigs. I remember Sister Becky, and I'm done. They're coming back to the instruments right now before I get myself in more trouble. Oh, we're going to watch that video. Yeah, just a minute. <laughs> I forgot what I was supposed to be doing. Are y'all tired yet? I, I promise y'all won't hold me just a minute. But Sister Becky, Rebecca Gonawaski was here, I think, when we were at this church. I think when we first came. Sister Rebecca came and preached the Saturday evening conference that we had. And I never will forget, she said she was 11 years old. Sister Rebecca, Rebecca is a woman of God. She grew up under Bobby Hogan. So, But she said that when she was 11 years old, she said she was in a church that was really strict. And she said they had a devil, a demon-possessed person came in the church. And she said this, it was a guy, and said there were seven men, the deacons, several of the deacons, the pastor, Bunch of people was on top of this guy trying to hold him down, cast the devil out of him, because they, they believe truly you bind the devil and cast him out. Amen. That's the way they that's the way they talk. Some of y'all were raised in that, y'all know. And Sister Becca, Rebecca said, I was eleven years old. And she said, I was sitting back there and the Holy Ghost said, Go up there and tell that devil to stop and come out. And she said, Oh no, my pastor's up there and he's being shaken around like a rag doll. So you want me to go up there and tell him to stop? Said, that's going to, oh, I don't even know what that's going to do, she said. She said, the Spirit just kept dealing with her. Go up there and tell it to stop. She said, I finally waked up the nerves. She said, I was shaking like this. She said, I went up behind the stage and I sat there and I stood there and said, people were staring at me. They said, I knew they were staring at me. They were going to go get that kid. She's out of order. He said, all of a sudden, I said, in the name of Jesus, you stop. And said, that man went flat on the floor. All them men went sprawling and come out of. And they said, that devil came out and went out the back door. You know why? Because somebody had authority. 
It might have been an 11-year-old kid, but she was listening to God while the rest of them was trying to do their thing. And this is what's happened to the church is we tried so long to do our thing. Come on, leave the devil alone. Don't touch him. Jesus never touched a demon-possessed person. Get away from them and say, in the name of Jesus, you better get out of there and get out of there now. We don't have to fight with a... Come on, y'all. Y'all ain't going to run me out of here, are you? This is our, This is what the problem is with the church. We have these protocols and methods. They're not working for you. You better get back to the Word of God and look and see what Jesus did about a devil. He didn't lay hands on no devil. I don't ever recall him laying hands on a demon. He said, you get out of him. He forbid them to speak. He forbid them to bounce anybody around. You know what? We have authority, church. And we have power. I've had several people call me about this this week, and that's the reason I answered this question. There's been phone call after phone, and I don't know where it came from. I don't know what anything about it. This is just what the Lord gave me when I was studying. Because we have power, church. We have authority. We do not do things like the church world. You're not going to get there the way you were raised. I'm sorry. This is a new day. Oh, wineskins have to part. And God's saying, I'm calling you to this next level. Come on. My parents walked on this level. But bless God, I'm building on their ceiling. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because we're in a new age and a new era. And the devil is not going to get this church, this county, this state, or this region. Amen? Because you and I and others in this, around this area have been called to this region for such a time as this. I don't know why I'm here. Well, I do. Because God's about to do something crazy. So if you're crazy, you're at the right place. You're in the right spot. If you said church is useful, it's not going to work for me. Then you're at the right place at the right time. Because church is not going to do what church has done for us. Come on, roll that video, brother. Is that not good? Come on, hallelujah.
God, thank God, thank God. Come on, let's worship him one more time in his house this morning. Take us out of here with something. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your presence right now. We thank you for your sweet Holy Ghost in this place right now. God, I thank you for our worship and our church, God, and what you're about to do in our area. How you're about to lead us out into a war. Oh, into a battlefield. But you've already won the war. And Lord, stir our hearts this morning. Stir our lives, Lord, with worship. Let us have a prophetic encounter that we need to worship you, Lord. And we need to praise you this morning. Hallelujah. As you leave this building this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. And let's give God a shout of praise. You want to come to the altar? These altars are still open. But I want us to give God a shout of praise this morning because he's worthy. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Come on, worship him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah.